the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we're live, live in the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we bring you part 11. I can't believe it's 11 episodes in, but we're at part 11 in our series, The God of All Comfort. He is the God who comforts us, not only in some of our troubles, not only in a few of our troubles, but in all of our troubles, especially in these perilous and uncertain times. As we continue forward in this new year, we need God's comfort. We need to be comforted by God in the face of COVID-19 and its Omicron variant. We need to be comforted by God, not only in the face of sickness and disease, but also in the midst of social unrest, financial difficulties, and a multitude of trials and challenges we encounter on a daily basis. And now, lest I forget, we can add global conflict to the mix. So if you find yourself in need of God's comfort, then I challenge you tonight, stay tuned to hear about this and much, much more. For we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. Thank you so much for that introduction and that uh, challenging word there. We always get blessed by that. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. So we want to encourage you to get your pens and paper and your Bibles and be prepared to be blessed by the Word of God and by some good stuff that will encourage you to be a stronger witness for Christ. We are talking about this series entitled The God of All Comfort, and he is a God of all comfort. I don't know what you're going through, but God knows, and that's the most important thing, and you need to look to him because he can get you through it. Sometimes you got to go through it to get to it, and so we want to encourage you to keep the faith, not only keep the faith, but share it. That's so important. Because the number one thing that the devil loves to break it down with is your faith. Don't let him do it. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might by putting on the full armor of God daily so you can stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, we live in a world that is constantly uh, asking us questions as Christians, and we need to be prepared apologetically on how to answer the uh, questions that relate to crises in our world today. And everywhere you turn, there's a crisis somewhere. 
and somehow. And uh, people are always asking the question, uh, why God allows bad things to happen to good people or to people? And we need to know how to answer that because most Christians uh, shy away or they don't have no answers to the questions that people are asking in regard to this question. And we need to be prepared apologetically. It tells us in 1 Peter 3 and 15, always be ready to give an answer. Are you that way? Are you prepared that way to give an answer? You need to be. And this program tonight in this series will help you in that area. Now, I have been talking about, you know, eight reasons why God allows bad things to happen to good people. And let me just review that uh, for a little bit here. And we want you to take notes on this. So important. Number one, God allows bad things to happen to his people. It's because he's testing our faith. He wants to test your faith. God is in the business of testing our faith. And he even did that with Jesus test his faith in the wilderness. And throughout his ministry, Jesus was tested and he passed the test. What about you? Are you passing the test? Are you giving in to the enemy? Now, number two, God allows bad things to happen to people to wean us, just like a mother's weaning a child off of the milk, uh, to wean us from the world. That's the number two point, to wean us from the world, to help break us totally from depending and attachment to this world. That is the warning to not, for all of us to not fall victim to a Marxist, socialist, communistic dictator government that wants to control you and everything in your life, even including mass. And uh, you got to be careful. You got to be detached. You got to stand up when something contradicts your faith in Christ. Now, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, Moses, you remember, by faith, refused to call the, to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, that took a lot of courage to stand up against that situation because, you know, as a child, he was uh, brought up in the Egyptian culture, and uh, he weaned himself off from that. Moses weaned himself from that. Moses was strong and had a strong will to say no in the front of elite academic culture at the highest level and the highest position of Egyptian society, Moses fought for and took up the cause for fighting for the slave Jews in Egypt. Do you remember Moses? He went out there and actually fought for the Jews and took the life of an Egyptian. And of course, Moses spent the next 40 years on the run. Moses he said no to everything and weaned himself off from Egypt to say yes to the reproach of Christ 
Because in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, he looked to an eternal reward. We see this in Hebrews 11 and verse 26. Moses, he, he saw beyond the world attachments of Egypt and beyond the attachment of the world of Egypt. What about you? What about you? You know, we have our own Egypt today. Uh, and this world is a type of Egypt. We battle with being attracted to the things of the world. You know, we're in a spiritual warfare. The devil comes at us in the invisible realm. Make a note of that. And the flesh comes at us in the inner realm. And the world comes against us in the outer realm. And we are in a battle. And this is a type of Egypt that Satan is in control of. Now, listen. It took the Lord one night to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, and it took him 40 years to get Egypt out of them. And the Lord wants to wean you off from this world, from this world controlling you and dictating you. Jesus said, this is what Jesus said, be in the world, but not of the world. He said this in John 15 and 19, John 17, verses 14 through 16. Paul talked about this in Romans 12 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And even Paul talked about it in Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, and 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1. Let me say this in conclusion. <clears throat> now, here are the three T's. The Lord will allow you, now make a note of this, the three T's. The Lord will allow you with the first T to go through trials. Second T, testing. Third T, tribulation. Trials, testing, tribulation in your life so that he can wean you off of this the worldly things. What is the thing that's possessing you and controlling you today? Is it gambling? Is it drugs? Is it alcohol? Is it sports? Uh, is it uh, entertainment? Is it Hollywood? Uh, is it yourself caught up into the things of this world? What is it that is controlling you, and you're spending more time with that than your Savior, your Lord and your Savior. Now, God, what he does is that when he sees this happening in your life, he will allow the three T's to hit you, trials, testing, tribulation in your life, and God will use them to wean you off so that you will stop worshiping the worldly things. God will wean you from, now this is our biggest problem, idolatry. You know, you know, this is why God is judging the world and judging America. And there are two things that will bring the judgment of God faster than anything else. And they sound alike. And that's idolatry and immorality. And we see that happening. Started way back 
in the beginning, and Satan has been doing it ever since, causing people to worship idols. And behind it all is Satan, you know. And uh, people kept telling Paul, the Apostle Paul, in Acts chapter 20, that he was going to be in prison. And when he got to Jerusalem, that he was going to be put in chains, perhaps even lose his life. And the Apostle Paul's response was, none of these worldly things move me. You see, this is found in Acts 20 and 24. The Apostle Paul's attitude in Christ was, what do, what do I care? I only want to finish the work that Christ gave me to do. And that should be our attitude too. Even at the point of death, the Apostle Paul, unlike most of us today, he had a completely other perspective than this worldly perspective. He had a heavenly perspective. What about you? You know, so when you get so caught up and absorbed into this world and you start to see trouble start to happen, even worrying about your finances and you're not faithfully giving to the Lord's work and you're so caught up with putting God last. You know, how many people you know today, and most of us have experienced this, we've had so many ups and downs financially because we God is nowhere in the picture. And you know, when Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added, Matthew 6 and 33, that's, that's Jesus' promise to you even with your finances, you know, it's a challenge for people. You know, when you first get paid, is God the number one on your financial list? Is he, are you into stewardship? Is he the ownership of your life? Is that leadership? And we need to put God first because if we don't, even with our finances, we start to have these troubles. We start to be, you know, in a position where we hardly have no money and we're always in the hole. But when you repent of that and put God first and put God first, not only in your local church, but also ministries like contending for the faith, God is speaking to somebody right now. May you listen to him. He that has an ear, let us hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we want to thank all of you who have been consistently praying for us over these many, many years of us being on the air. It's just a blessing to know that there's so many folks in our listening audience that are lifting us up on a regular basis, because we know that uh, 
we wouldn't be on the air if it weren't for those prayers. And we also want to thank those of you who have partnered with us financially here at Contending for the Faith. This is a listener-supported ministry. And uh, we know, again, without your generosity, this program would not be on the air. And so we want to be an encouragement to you as God has blessed you. Consider being a blessing to Contending for the Faith. It's an expensive venture to be on radio. It's not cheap, and uh, we just need your consistent prayers and consistent financial help to continue to do what we need to do. We don't want you to tune in one Saturday night and discover that we're no longer on the air um, due to lack of funds. And so that hasn't happened, and we just thank God for all of you who have stepped up to the plate, and we ask you continually step up to the plate and knock a home run for contending for the faith. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. So we just want to thank you for your consistent prayers as well as your consistent generosity in providing us uh, what we need to keep this ministry going. All right, Dr. Buckner, are ready to uh, hit some of these phone calls? Let's do that, Brother Gary. Sounds good. We have Sophia in the number one position tonight. Sophia, how are you doing? Oh, I can't believe it. Number one. I never thought I could make it, but here I am. Now, I'll be very fast with my question, but I have to address what you just said. Because a few months ago, whenever it was, I made a, you know, a gift to the ministry. I am not telling you. First of all, you get rewarded immediately because the peace I had, the happiness I felt knowing I'm pleasing the Father, and it's so wonderful. And then, out of the blue, and this is a true story, I, so I sent it in, and then I'm so happy because, of course, you want to please your father. And so it's a wonderful thing, and, of course, I love the ministry so much, you know what it means to me. And then, all of a sudden, I look in my bank call, I said, what's a bank account? What is this? I don't know. Two years ago, supposedly, this never happens. The IRS made the mistake. They sent me a, a check for their mistake two years ago. That never happens. I can tell you they don't make mistakes in your favor. So I was so blessed. So then I, I was able to knock off some bills, you know, those pesky inflation. Oh, my heavens, don't talk about it. But anyway, and then I was able to send another thing. So I'm telling you, it's it's a win-win situation. But that's not why I called. I can guarantee you it is. It, you, you feel so good and so at peace. It takes away stress when you give to the Lord's work. Now, the reason I'm calling is, I want to know, because you're talking about the comfort of God, I want to know about the angels and how God comforts. I'll give you a quick example, very, very quick. I know people are calling in. I was sitting and reading, and then all of a sudden, this is a true story, this incredible, I can't explain it, very strong feeling, I, that's an understatement, told me, put on the radio. I got rid of my television a couple of years ago, too much smut on the TV, I don't want to see it. So I've turned the radio on, and I'm going around thinking, well, maybe I'll find some nice music to listen to. I don't know. I'm going and going. All of a sudden, I hear this voice, 
And he says, we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. And then I hear, how are you, Dr. Buckner? He says, I am blessed. I thought, whoa, 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 Nellie, this is something I have to hear. So I stay on, and then as they say, whatever the expression is, the rest is history. I don't know who said it. Someone must have said it. The rest is history. It's changed my life. So my question to you is, would that have been an angel? Are there angels? Or is that just in the Old Testament? Or is it the Holy Spirit that led me? Do we have angels? Is there someone who, how does God protect us? Because something led me to turn on that station. And I was able, that's the very first time I heard you. And, and it has been a, a changing blessing ever since. It's changed me completely. So is that, do we have angels? Oh, yes, we do. Uh, oh. We do have angels. Um, <clears throat> and there are a multitude of scriptures that uh, talk about angels in the Bible, uh, not only in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament. And uh, I want to make a, a major point after this when I uh, share this with you, but a real classic um, scripture in the Bible that a lot of people use regarding angels uh-huh. uh, is Psalms uh, 34 and verse 7. And it talks about there, uh, the angel of the Lord encamped around about them that feared him and delivered them. So angels are deeply involved uh, in our world. Uh and also, you know, you have other scriptures like Psalms 91, 11 through 12, and Matthew 18 and 10, and Acts 12 and 9 through 15. And then you see uh, in the ministry of Jesus that many times after he had ministered, the angels came uh, by him, and they also ministered with him. But today... Uh, when Jesus was on the earth, he was the comforter, right? So Uh uh, when he got ready to leave in John chapter 14 through 16, Uh he said that he would send another comforter. uh, So that's the Holy Spirit. So today, the one that's doing the greater work than angels is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said in John 10, Uh Uh, He said, my sheep hear my voice, Uh and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and no one will pluck them out of my hand. So the one that is speaking to us today is the Holy Spirit. Uh So I believe that the Holy Spirit was speaking to your heart regarding us and speaking to you in your conscience, and uh, that's where we have to let it rest at. The Holy Spirit is the one that's speaking, and he says it in if you do a study of john chapter 14 through 16 and then john Mm -hmm. 10 Mm -hmm. uh you'll see how active the holy spirit is involved in our life and in our world and he's also convicting people of sin righteousness and judgment so uh, a lot around the holy spirit is our comforter today and he's representing uh christ so when he speaks it's christ speaking and the father speaking too because they're all one, but it's the Holy Spirit today, and we don't give enough credence and recognition to the Holy Spirit today. We talk a lot about Jesus and uh-huh. sometimes the Father, but we really need to talk more, even equally, should I say, about the Holy Spirit, and and that's my encouragement to you, but also to anybody else that's listening tonight. So hopefully that's some words of encouragement to you. 
No, that's fabulous, and that that is very, very comforting, and, and it must have been the Holy Spirit, because so often I get this feeling, and, you know, I, I try to, when I wake up in the morning, ask him what he wants me to do that day, or what he's going to put in front of me that I need to pay attention to, and I didn't know who I was addressing, so now I know it. So thank you so much, and God bless you both. God bless you. Thank you for calling. We always appreciate you. Okay, good All night. Right. Good night. Right. All right. Got time for Brother Rick? Yes, let's go to Brother Rick. Brother Rick, how you doing? I'm hanging in there. How about yourself? Oh, uh, we're uh, blessed as well and hanging in there with the faith of God. So uh, what is on your heart tonight? Well, I've got a very interesting question. It's about the prophets. There are male prophets and female prophets. Who usually has a greater standing and why? That is a good uh, question, uh, greater standing and, and, and why, uh, because this question uh, is asked sometimes uh, in uh, evangelical circles, and sometimes uh, Christian uh, people, even ministers, don't have a good answer. Well, let me put it this way, and some of you may want to make a note of this. Um, when I generally say make a note, I'm saying take notes and because this is an important point. Um, in the Old Testament, you had prophetess and you had prophets. The prophetess mainly were women. Uh, and so uh, you had two types of prophets uh, with different names separate from that, but it related to them. So you had number one, you had the prophet seer, S-E-E-R, Prophet Seer. And that was composed of uh, men and women. So when you talked about the Prophet Seer, uh, that standing was men and women. But you also had another name, which was the Prophet Proclaimer. Now, the Prophet Proclaimer only related to men. Women were never prophet proclaimers in the Old Testament. So you had 17 in all. You had the minor and you had the major prophets, 17 in all. And they were all prophet proclaimers. Now, uh, that was the standing, the way God had uh, positioned it. You know, he used women uh, as well as men, but the men were mainly the ones in the position as the prophet proclaimer. Now, and so what we're dealing with, an example of this would be in Numbers chapter 12. Uh, you had uh, Moses' sister Miriam, who was a prophet uh, seer. She was not a prophet proclaimer. So what she ended up doing, because a lot of times when people look at Numbers chapter 12, they always focus primarily on um, a racist event because Moses had married a black woman, a Cushite, and uh, Miriam laughed, and then she uh, was struck with leprosy. But the thing that caused the leprosy even greater was that she spoke out of place in the prophet-proclaimer position. She's a prophet seer, and God ended up saying to her, if, if, if somebody does a thorough study on this, you'll see it. God ended up saying to her, you know, I don't speak to you the way I speak to Moses. I speak to Moses face to face. And then shortly thereafter, 
he struck her with leprosy because she spoke out of position and out of the standing right place. So it's important for us to understand what the differences are between a prophet seer and a prophet proclaimer. So hopefully that gives some insight, Brother Rick, to uh, what I'm saying here. Amen. And now, would you include Elijah as a prophet proclaimer? Correct. So even though there's no book of Elijah, Elijah is very significant in the book of uh, Kings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any prayer requests uh, that we can pray for you regarding that before we go to our commercial break? Continue to pray for my health. Continue to pray for my health and resolving my financial issues with my brother. Okay, sounds good, Brother Gary. You know, All right. So, Lord, we just lift up Brother Rick tonight. We thank you for his faithfulness. We thank you for his dedication. We thank you, Lord God for his consistency and his, his uh, standing with you, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that you continue to encourage him, continue to lift him up, continue to pour joy into his heart and to his life. Your word says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so, Lord, strengthen him, heal him in his body. We pray for restoration. We pray for renewed hope and renewed joy. We pray, Lord God, for unction to get up out of bed and move around and do things. We pray for full purpose, Lord God, because you still have him on planet Earth and you still have work for him to do. And we pray, Lord God, that you bless him with clarity in terms of that work and allow him to be able to do that work. We pray also for his relationship with his brother. We pray that the financial situation would be rectified, resolved, because you are a are uh, not, in no wise broke, Lord. You own the cattle on a thousand hills, and you're able to do exceedingly abundantly for Brother Rick and supply all of his needs. So we thank you in advance. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank, you, brother. thank you, Brother Rick, and we appreciate your call, and what a good question you had. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Brother All Gary. right, well, it's uh, time for us to take commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. All right. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell, and uh, we just like to thank all of you once again for being such an encouragement to us. We really appreciate your letters and your cards and uh, the way you communicate to us and share how much the program has been a blessing to you. And so we, we know that uh, it's touching lives for time and eternity. And the wonderful thing about that is that those of you who have been praying for this ministry, those of you who have sown seeds of investment into this ministry, um, it's, it's, it's your ministry too. And you're having an impact. You're partnering with us in time and eternity. And one day you'll stand before God and he's going to tell you, hey, look around, and you'll look behind you and see a multitude of people 
And you may ask God, Lord, who are these people? And the Lord is going to say to you, these are the people that made it into the kingdom as a result of your giving to contending for the faith and other ministries. And so what we do with our time, our talent, and our treasure, you know, God gives us the ability to work and to earn funds and to earn money, but not just to hoard it, but be a blessing for time and eternity. So we want to encourage you tonight, continue to pray for our ministry and continue to partner with us financially. There's two ways you can donate. You can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or simply go online to contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. That's contendingfaith.org. And just click on that donate button and you will just be a blessing all the way around. All right, Dr. Buckner, ready to go back to, uh, well, actually, we had Brother Alfred call in with a question that he wants answered off the air. And his question is, is the vaccination, I guess he's referring to COVID, a sign of the end times? Well, that's a very good question, uh, Alfred, and appreciate that question because there are some people who believe if they get the vaccine, they will get the mark of the devil um, and the mark of hell. Uh, They view it as a mark of the beast, uh, but it's not true. It's not true if you do that uh, because it's, it's, it's answered on a simple, simplistic level. Because the mark of the beast in Revelation chapter 13 is external. The vaccine is internal. So that debunks that right there, you know. And so, but people uh, come up with all sorts of uh, ideologies and theories and uh, internet uh, lies travel across the world before truth can get its boots on. So, you have to be very discerning and uh, be careful uh, as well as be solidly rooted in the word of God, because that's very important in everything that we do. So uh, my, my point is this, that uh, it's uh, the vaccine is internal and the mark of the beast in Revelation chapter 13 is external and it's something that will be on the forehead and you know that will be there and the hand so uh, that's the differentiation between the two so um but good question i think a lot of people are probably listening to this tonight and saying this is some insight because they've been uh told that too so thank you for your question and hopefully it helped to answer uh your question as well all right, well, let's go to Brother CC on line four. Brother CC, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We are truly blessed. We are truly blessed, and we trust that you got encouraged by the word tonight. Yes, I did. What was one thing that really stood out and ministered to you? When you say he's trying to, when you say that he um, trying to wean us from the world, you know what I'm saying, and that that was that was um, 
that really stood out to me and how you how you broke broke that down. I know that this world system has a lot of bad things to offer that can ultimately destroy us physically, mentally, spiritually, psychologically, and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. Appreciate it. And what's uh, on your heart tonight? What question do you have? I want to ask you um, this particular in um, theology. I know that um, something called um, futurism, and I just wanted to ask your input, you know, on 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 that. Yes, uh, you know, there's uh, when it comes to eschatology, that's the doctrine of the last days. In case anybody don't know that. When we talk about eschatology, we're talking about the doctrine of the last days. And the doctrine of the last days started at the cross, and it's been going on ever since. Now, there has been various views developed uh, since then, and there is the historicist view. The historicist view is basically where people, basically people, some people in the evangelical world, believe that, uh, you know, everything was fulfilled in 70 AD. And then the futurist view is that uh, it will happen in the future, you know. So the futurist belief usually have a uh, close association to the pre-millennial view. Uh, Even some people uh, involved with the dispensationalism. I'm not into dispensationalism because it's a very new view, and uh, the people that develop it contradicted uh, the Bible and they separate the Christians from the Jews when it comes to the rapture and everything like that. So there's some real big flaws in that and didn't really develop until the 1800s. Um, so the futurist view has grown in popularity uh, in the 19th uh, and 20th uh, centuries. And uh, and a lot of uh, Christians today follow that. Now, myself, I am a uh, historicist and a futurist because I believe uh, many things, some things was fulfilled uh, in the past. And yet, uh, from a futurist standpoint, some things have yet to be fulfilled. So especially when you look at Matthew chapter 24, you know, we see some, when Jesus talked about the temple being destroyed, um, it did, it was destroyed in 70 AD by Titus, the emperor. And uh, he came in and leveled it. Uh, And so uh, that was fulfilled. That's a historicist view. And it's true. But The rest of Matthew 24 is talking about Jesus will come in the clouds and every eye will see him and that sort of thing. And it talks about the abomination, desolation. Um, So uh, very important for us to differentiate between the historicist view and the futurist view when it comes to eschatology. And we should have balance. If we don't have balance, we can get locked into a particular view and not see the total picture of it. So anytime we look at the Bible, we should always look at it from a balanced perspective. And sometimes if you just get into a historicist view or just only a futurist view, you limit yourself from the balance of God's word. 
and that's so important. So hopefully that's given a little insight into the futurist view. Uh, keep doing research on it. It's quite interesting, but my thing tonight is just to give you some good balance on it. Hopefully that's helped you out. Yeah, indeed. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You have any prayer requests? Yeah, to begin, continue to pray for my mother, brother, Linda, and my family. Uh, for me, you just pray um, for my health. And um, also, when you lift up two individuals, um, pray for Will Smith. You know, he's dealing with, you know, anger issues. And also, um, Chris Rock also, you know, because he's taking, you know, the thing pretty hard. And I know God has a purpose in this. I just pray that some kind of way these two individuals will be reached. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a good prayer request. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, heated thing in the news right now. All righty, uh, Brother Gary, let's lift this mm -hmm. uh, situation. All right, so Lord, we just pray for Brother Cece that you continue to use him. We pray, Lord God, that as he grows in wisdom and understanding of your word, that you give him opportunity to share the word of God with, with others in his church house and uh, wherever, he, wherever he may be in whatever circles you have him moving in, use him as a conduit to of your word and, and, and as an ambassador to the kingdom of God, we pray that you bless him with good health. We pray for his mother and family, Rosalinda. And we lift up this whole crazy situation, Lord God, with Will Smith and uh, Chris Rock and all the, the folks that have, are impacted by it. And that uh, you would send someone into their lives to minister truth, minister your word, and introduce them to, to the living and true God. And we just thank you in advance for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cece, thank you so much for your call and your good question as well. God bless you, brother. All right. Well, let's quickly try to get Meg, Megan in. Hello, Megan. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, we are blessed as well. We try to save the best for last. <laughs> <laughs> So what's on your heart tonight? Um, just um, would you consider um, Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, however that goes, um, a guide or like a blueprint in terms of relationship and how the Lord can use that to relate to us, especially as um, a generation in a very, very different uh, age of technology, uh, different than, you know, I guess your guys' generation. So how you, you can relate that to us. Yes, uh, it is, uh, 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 what I would say, something that is like a preview of it. Uh, it's not something that uh, that's going to get into it from a deep Christian perspective, but it will lay out to you the Song of Solomon, uh, you know, love relationship between Solomon and the Shulamite woman, because it was a relationship between <clears throat> uh, him and the woman. It was not a multitude of relationships and they loved each other. They were committed to each other. <clears throat> so you can, you can learn some of those basic principles. Um, also, uh, I would uh, add to that. Uh, the book of Psalms is a good book on uh, relationships and proverbs for young people. Uh, and uh, I would say, uh, the book of Ephesians is a tremendous book because it really gets into uh, how to single people 
because you're going to get a deeper perspective of it in Ephesians, because Paul, especially when you get to Ephesians chapter 5 and through uh, 7, so Paul, he he really, uh, Ephesians 5 and uh, through uh, 6, and so he gets into uh, this on a, a deep level with relationships, because relationships, from a Christian perspective, he covers the single person, uh, as well as he covers the uh, married person. And then uh, also Corinthians, I would say, uh, Corinthians um, chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. So Ephesians 5, and then also 1 Corinthians 7. So uh, you find a lot about relationships there from a Christian perspective. So I would, I would deal with that more so uh, than the Song of Solomon because it gets into what single people should do and how they should live and how they should uh, cooperate, not only singles, but married people in relationships. And then I would point out one more thing to you that you should do a, like a word study on. Um, there are four types of loves and you may want to write it down, and those who are listening, there are four types of loves. There's the agape love, and that's God's love for man and man's love for God. And when we really love God and we love our fellow man, we're going to keep his commandments. And we're not going to be fornicating and doing things, uh, committing adultery and into things that's contrary to his will. And then uh, when we have that love right, uh, in relationship to God, and, our, and then we'll have the love relationship right with phileo, which is brotherly. Most people say brotherly, and I say brotherly and sisterly love. That's where you get the English word Philadelphia, brotherly love. But I would add to that that's lacking is sisterly love. And then what happens when the agape love is right, the phileo love is right with your fellow man. And then the third love is eros, sex within marriage. That's what God has designed it sex within marriage. People are doing just the opposite of that. And then the fourth type of love, and the last one, is stargay, and that's family love. So uh, having an understanding of all that, and do, when I do a lot of uh, single counseling and marital counseling, I get into all of that. I just was, was counseling some people the other day uh, in, a, in a church uh, and was breaking this all down to them, and they got really blessed by that. So Hopefully that helps out, and uh, I can also recommend to you uh, in the future as well some really good uh, books to read uh, on this subject matter, too. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome, and, and let's have a moment of prayer for you around this before we go to the end of the program. Brother Gary, can you pray for Sister Megan? And uh, Sister Megan is also in our ministry. We appreciate her. All right, Lord, we just thank you for Sister Megan. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to pour wisdom into her, give her discernment, and help her, Lord God, with her relationships and navigating uh, her culture versus uh, faith situations, Lord God, that she would always uh, err on the side of your word and the way you needed her to do things and continue to be with her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister Megan. God bless you. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please 
drop us a note. Let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. So please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.